Hello and welcome radio. Okay, so I start off with a blipper. I love that. For a show we start off with a blipper. Okay. Um not quite sure what's going on with the introduction, but hello and welcome to Socially Savvy. We're broadcasting live from the twenty first floor of Bellevue Daniels Broiler. Um, I'm your host, LB Duchess, with guest host Irene, Irina, <laughs> I knew I was going to mess it up, <laughs> Safarian, my, one of my favorite little party girls, and Fancy Frenchwood of Saki in Seattle. Hello, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I think, okay, so in one other technical difficulties, we are getting feedback. I love that. So we're going to move on. We won't be able to hear. This should be interesting. Um, today on our show, we're really going to try to talk about exactly what is it to be socially savvy and, and why the show was created. Um, I think a lot of people really misunderstand what it is to be social, and you know, basically the whole savvy part of it is knowing who you are, where you are, and, and how to act so that other people feel comfortable around you as well as you feel comfortable about them around them. Um, I know, like Irina, you're out all the time. Sure, I'm out all the time, and I, um, I've, we've talked about this before. I've traveled quite a bit, and I have um, talked a lot about how um, Northwest is very different because we are not socially savvy. We think being socially savvy is networking, which is completely the opposite of being social. So um, I, uh, I definitely like to be out and about, and I'm so glad that we get to get here and talk about it and um, really talk about what's social and have cocktails while we're doing it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> That's the best part today. <laughs> it is. Well, and that was the whole premise of the show, was being able to do it on a Monday, you know, between 5.30 and 6.30, hit hot spots, hit happy hours, you know, really get out there and give our listeners an idea of what's out there, what to do, um, different choices. You know, some of them are going to be hot spots. Some of them are going to be places that have been around for a really long time that we're really comfortable in. Um, I know, Fancy, that you have been out there about quite a bit, too, and you have your sake in Seattle. So you want to tell us a little bit about that and how you came up with that? Sure. Uh, actually, sake in Seattle was born out of the, the social awkwardness that takes place in Seattle when people call themselves networking. So it's funny, Irina gave me, like, the greatest intro. It's good that she went before me because... Uh, I, I was going out a lot and networking, and what I noticed was people were really awkward approaching each other, and they just didn't know how do you start that conversation with the person next to you, even though we could be at Chamber of Commerce networking event, right? and yet there was still this kind of awkwardness about approaching strangers, and so I, I would go home you know, week after week and say, you know, this is really strange. I noticed these people, and after meeting them, I learned this guy that I just talked to is a recruiter, and yet he's standing in the corner waiting to be approached because he didn't have the tools of conversation to, you know, or the confidence maybe to approach someone and talk. Right. So I thought, what could I come up with? What's everyone doing in here? Well, like Arena just mentioned, they're drinking. So yeah, everybody so likes to have a beverage. I thought, okay, well, I need to come up with a drink that could serve as a conversation piece that would take that conversation and make it external so that it yeah. wouldn't be awkward anymore approaching a stranger. And so sake in Seattle was born of that because I thought I could introduce sake tasting to these different events. And then it yeah. takes the conversation external. No one feels intimidated because here in Seattle, we feel wine intimidates us. If you don't yeah. know about wine, 
tequila bars, vodka. I mean, and I have to be honest, you know, I never, until I read your post on Saki in Seattle, Saki to me was exactly what you were telling me that everybody's preconceived notion was. I was like, you know, that's not for me. And so now I'm excited because I'm going to come down and try Saki. You have to come try it. You have to come try it. And stay tuned because we are, we're launching next year in Bellevue. A new restaurant. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so it'll be lots of fun. But I'll make sure to cover that. You, yeah. you'll, you'll be there. You'll be there. And the thing is, it, it's all about relationships, cultivating relationships, and having this conversation piece that's outside of yourself so there's no awkwardness. So yeah. everyone is welcome. It doesn't. You could be a CEO of Microsoft or, you know, the contractor that's building your deck. Everyone will be able to have this thing that they can talk about and then get to know each other from there. So conversations kind of evolve more organically yeah. than just... What is it that you do? Like Irina said earlier, before the show, if one more person hands me their business card, I might throw up on it. Oh, yeah. It comes so we're going to eliminate that problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, and with that in mind, I think dining. So when I was putting up, trying to come up with the name of the show, I looked up, you know, social savvy and then also socialite. Because a very good friend of mine, um, who is also one of my mentors, she went into took her time to go in depth with me to really explain what being a socialite is. Because I had a, a misconception of that, too. So, by definition, social is relating to or um, designed for activity in which people, which people meet each other for pleasure. So, being social is supposed to be fundamentally fun. The whole networking thing, I've, it amazes me how people can really get those two things mixed up. Yes, you know, a, a social networking is supposed to bring more fun to it, but it's not supposed to supersede the fun. Yes, and I think a lot of people have a hard time being social. Like, you know, ask yourself, when was the last time I went out and I had a good time? Yeah. And it's probably going to be at an event that you never thought you would go to. And yes. that's the problem, that we don't come out of our box and we don't want to, you know, we go to the same place, we want to do the same thing, or we only go if a friend invites us. Yeah. So why not take a chance, go to an event that you're like, I would never go to this, and that's when you're going to have fun. Well, and one of the things that um, people are the most afraid of is change. Absolutely. You you go to change, I mean, you're, go to buy a different car. I have a friend who, quite literally, she'd go from an older car and go and get a new car. She would cry for two days, and it wasn't that she wasn't excited to have the car, it was the change was so scary to her, so overwhelming. And I think at every level, you know, at, at, at different levels, we all have a little bit of that where we get apprehensive about change. And, I mean, just like we were talking about, you know, the three minutes before the show, it's like, okay, the countdown is the killer. Going into change, I think, is what is most spooky because we don't know what's coming. We don't know what to expect until you get into it. And I, I think if you throw yourself out there and you maybe go to events with somebody that you know that you can like hold on to each other and go okay you know we can fish through this together i think that does it helps a lot to going together with somebody going to an event and it's going to be nerve you know nerve-wracking it's going to be something different but the payout is amazing you'll get to meet new people you'll get to go to a place that you've never been to before and i think that's what is going on in a lot of the places we see the same people and it's like oh when are you going to meet someone new you won't yeah. because these people are not social. <laughs> well, and and again, I, and I think there's a lot of people who really want to be social out there, but like you're saying, they don't know how. So part of what we want to do with the show is is help people kind of figure out how do you be social? How do you get out there and in your own comfort zone? You know, what's your first step? If you're a stay-at-home mom, what's your first step? I was a stay-at-home mom. You know, part of what got me to where what I'm doing today was I was out doing events photography. I was the person on the backside of the camera taking pictures. That was safe. 
and then I stepped out a little bit and I'd have a drink and then I was relaxed and then people started engaging me and it was it was a process it was a growth pattern but I think everybody needs a place to start so I'm hoping that's what we can bring so the second part obviously is savvy and when I read the definition for savvy this one really blew my mind shrewd and practical knowledge especially in politics or business so what does socially savvy mean it means knowing how to socialize properly in different environments that you find yourself in with a combination of when in Rome, do as the Romans do, and um, make sure that the people around you always feel comfortable. You should be as inviting as the environment you're in because it makes it more comfortable for you, it makes it more comfortable for them, and then it truly is a social event. It's not just this room full of people all standing around because they don't quite know how to interact. I think if we take the first step to go, um, and make sure that the people around us are comfortable. And it could be as simple as pulling out a chair for them or, you know, I can't find my fork, offering a fork if you're at a dinner party. There's all these little things that we can do to start to build and develop our social aspects and, and kind of adjust where and how we think of being social. So, And I know with your culture, the culture from your business probably brings in a whole new awareness as well. Well, I think it does, and primarily because what people are talking about is unfamiliar to everyone. So there's that, like I said earlier, that intimidation factor is removed. So people feel okay saying, oh, what is this? Last time I had it, it tasted like jet fuel or, you know. Yes. So they can take it. It's, it's very external, but I think what's really important along the lines of what you said is that it's making people feel comfortable. And what is that first step of social interaction? And is it pulling a chair out? Maybe it's just a smile. Maybe yeah. it's what I generally will try to do is find some similarity or something that we can both identify with, you know, um, try to find something that you have in common that you can break into a conversation about. And then you realize once you break down that initial barrier of people being intimidated to talk to a stranger, then it's over. Yeah. And everybody has fun. So you just got to find the thing with that person, you know, make them feel comfortable like you said. Yeah. I think a lot of people, too, will have, you know, will ask, why should I listen to the three of you of what's socially savvy? And I think just us being here today and talking about it, it's just a, it's a true testament of how socially savvy we are. We are three people that are very different from different walks of life and different age groups. And we have come together, and we've, you know, I know we've met through a an event, and yep. you know, and I know that I have friends from different age groups that, you know, go to different kind of events. And if you ever come to a party at my house, you will see a very unique group, diverse of group of people. Yes, I've, yeah. And people always tell me like, how do you know these people? <laughs> I am not definitely not afraid to approach anybody. I'm always so interested in meeting someone new, somebody that you would never expect that I would talk to. But I just feel like that is the best experiences you can have. And that is being socially savvy, is meeting people, uh, going out of your way to actually approach somebody that is out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, I think that also helps people when you reach out to them because you may look at them. I mean, I've had so many dozens of people tell me, "You well, you look like you completely have it together," and I'm like, "You have no idea." Oh, yeah. I'm standing in the room, and I'm I the first time I watched in the Bellevue, it was like the land of the beautiful people. I'm like, I have no business being here, yes. but you do. You just kind of have to figure out first figure out what your first steps are, and and I think the first step is figuring out what you're interested in and finding events that are focused around that. Absolutely. So. Okay, with that in mind, moving forward in the show, um, we want to take a, a moment to thank some of our sponsors. We were very fortunate with a lot of our relationships to be able to have sponsors right up off the get-go. And um, one of my favorite and the funnest ones is Pop Chip. 
And people are like, what's a pop chip? Well, it's never fried. It's never baked. Think pop. I never understood that until I read it. Now, the fun thing about pop chips is if you go to their Facebook right now, they're doing a campaign for um, getting a VP assistant for Ashton Kusher to do um, advertising and stuff on. So if you're interested, go to the Facebook at, um, for Pop Chips and check it out because they're actually going to pay somebody a $50,000 a year, um, what do you call it, uh, pay, they're going to get a paycheck for socializing with him and being his VP for Pop Chips. I need to be the VP for that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, okay, it's one of the Ashton I know. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> I'll work for free Ashton. <laughs> so that popped us from in, into the news of what's going on. So um, wanted to bring up some other awesome things. Because we are based out of Bellevue, the, the east side area, um, we'll cover news every week. They'll have variants on, on what's going on here, what's going on in Seattle, Sometimes we hear about things that are going on up north, but a lot of it will probably be focused over in here. Um, if you are from the Bellevue area, you know how much we are always looking for something new, something different, a new event, a new store, a new restaurant. Um, nightlife, we're always starving. And we're very excited because we know that Black Bottle is going to be coming in from Seattle. They're going to be opening over at the Avalon Towers here. They were supposed to be opening like any minute. So as soon as we have the exact opening date for you guys, we will let you know and we can all show up and make it a party. So your first social savvy event where you can show up and somebody will come over and make you feel comfortable. <laughs> um, other news coming up, I think, oh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to go into the Duchess Report, which if you have listened to us before, you know that is where we cover past events and events that are coming up that you may want to look at attending. So we'll be back in 30 seconds. Um, other news coming up, I think, oh. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to go into the Duchess Report, which, if you have listened to us before, you know that is where we cover past events and events that are coming up that you may want to look at attending. So we'll be back in 30 seconds. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to Socially Savvy um, from the 21st floor, Bellevue and uh, Daniel Spoiler, one of our sponsors as well. Fabulous place for happy hour, fabulous for socializing, very swank and cozy. They've been here for, I think, I want to say 21, 25 years? I should have probably checked that back. And this is such a great place, too, because I was uh, we are talking about this before. This is like a place that you would come for your prom dinner, and now you're here having happy hour cocktails. Oh, yes. So it's absolutely a place that has a great reputation, wonderful vibe. And this is a place, if you want to meet different type of types of people, this is a place to come. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So we are up here. We're going to branch off into the Duchess Report. So I'm going to start by covering some past events. Any of you who've listened to me before know that um, we're on Facebook. So every week I go out. I find events that are going on in the community. About 65% of what we do is charity. So you're always going to know the events 
or I should hope you're always going to know the events that um, have a good cause behind them so you can party and support a great cause at the same time. Uh, this last week, we did have a couple of really good ones. One of them was, in fact, a charity event. It was held at the Lincoln Square, Bill, um, Lincoln Square Cinemas. It benefits Children's Hospital, and it's been put on for the last five years. They've supported this event. It was the red carpet event for Academy Awards. And it, they have a open bar, um, wine tasting. They have Parlor, who donates the food for the event. They have a silent auction. They had dozens and dozens of items. They had jewelry. They had sports paraphernalia. They had wine. They had gift certificates. So it was really a fun event. And best of all, you got to dress to the nines. Full-length dresses, furs, everything. It was very much fun. And how about watching it on the big screen as well? You know, I have to say, I've watched the Academy Awards just a couple of times, but it was a heck of a lot more fun seeing it on the big screen. It had more of a um, an event feel to it versus watching it on TV on the couch. You felt like you were actually part of the of what was going on on the show, almost like in the audience. Like you're in uh, like a twinky after party. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm here. I may not quite be here, but I'm here. <laughs> so now, and you had watched it too. So yes, I watched it. Uh, mentioning after parties, those are my favorite ones, and I'm a big fan of the Elton John party because. I-
the place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. No, we're not going to say that. We're going to. I will say this. I do want to. Ch- I didn't get a chance to see the dueling piano bar, which I love that in Vegas. Every time I go to Vegas, I go to New York, New York, just so that I can see the dueling piano bar. So I will say that I will go back. And I will and check it try out. out the dueling piano bar. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked the idea of the dueling piano bar. It was fun. The the two players were very dynamic, very interactive. Uh, the other thing I liked about it is they leave enough space so that the people can get up out of their chairs and dance and have a good time because they go back and they play you know old music. They play some of the newer music. They. Um, I, I guess the only thing I would say is maybe the volume could come down just a smidge because it's a little tricky when you can't hear your waitress to order more drinks, which is usually what we want. <laughs> okay, uh, but to counter that, there's free parking. There is. It's free parking. And the piano thing is great. That's one of the reasons that I really love Daniel's is because of the piano bar, and that's wonderful because you, you know, it's very different from going to a nightclub and having music blasting. Yes, it is. Well, and especially being up here, um, that is one of the things I think a lot of people, you know, you can live in this area and not quite realize that Daniel's Broiler up here has one of the best piano players, Jim Washburn, in the area. He is dynamic. He is fun. He has a barrage of music. And anybody who's come up here for a prom, I've met people who have used to come up in their party days for three, four, five years, and then they come up and they see him again, and it's almost like that walk into the past again. You're like, oh, do you remember when? So it has a very welcoming and open environment. He starts at 8, I think Tuesday through Saturday nights, and runs till about 11, 12 o'clock. We'll definitely let you sit by and sing with him. So if you got rejected on American Idol, you can always yes, definitely pop up here. Bring your crew up here and pop up here. All voices welcome. <laughs> I love it. Well, I wanted to take a a moment here to go over, I think, give each one of us a chance to talk about our top five favorite places, because we do come from different areas and do live different areas. I think just giving people ideas of what's fun and what's new and out there would be great. Um, I come from the east side, started out on the Seattle side and have, you know, rapidly rotated around the lake. And um, so, of course, Daniel's Broiler is one of my favorites. Um, Pearl Bar and Restaurant downstairs, which is across the street from Bellevue Square, down there by the Westin. Uh, they have a very swank, laid-back, easy-going place. Love their happy hour and love the staff down there. So that's my favorite. Um, Lucky Strike, I think everybody's figured out that if I want to go out and dance and party, that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> they have some great DJs on their regular floor. Um I love the atmosphere of it because you can go bowling. I mean, you can go out to go dancing and you can go, let's go bowling for a couple hours. You know, let's do something different. They've got the video games if you happen to be dating a guy who's four. Um, <laughs> so, or maybe you're feeling particularly young yourself and you want to go drive race car. It's kind of a fun place. Um, and then going back to stuff that's a little bit more local, a little bit more fun, there is a new place over at Redmond called Philos that's up on Redmond Ridge. Uh, a new pasta and pizza and pasteria owned by a family. Absolutely adore it. Love it. Very much fun. And lastly, was if you're in downtown Redmond, I would highly suggest the Matador. It is a, a tequila bar, several different kinds of tequila. It has a little bit darker ambiance. So if you're going on a third or fourth date and you want something that has a little bit more of a seductive kind of a... Um, I'm not quite even sure what to, to say about it. It can be a little bit loud sometimes, as, depending on what nights, but I just think it's a great place because it's got a lot going on. What about you, Fancy? What are your favorite places? 
Okay, five. Let's see if I can get to five. Um, first, I, I, I live in southwest Seattle, so what's very close to me is Westfield Mall at South Center, and I really like Joey's. Oh, yeah. Joey's is great for happy hour and later. And let's see, so moving north and east, I guess my next favorite would be... I love Ohana's, and I'm, you know, I grew up in Hawaii, so I I have to plug Ohana's. I love Ohana's if you like traditional kind of Hawaiian Islander food, Polynesian food, some sushi. It's great. Ohana's is great. That's in Belltown. Nice. And then we'll move to the east side because I love Pearl. I love uh, Wild Ginger is one of my favorites. They have a great happy hour and very socially kind of. I mean, it can be awkward at first, but but they have a great big bar area that leads into the restaurant that can become very social if they let people meander that way. Uh, great specials, and the food is awesome. I uh, Ruth's Chris in Bellevue is, is one of my very favorites for happy hour. Not really great for socializing. If you want to just go kind of warm up there with your girlfriends, it's an awesome happy hour place. So maybe a pre-funk. Oh, yeah. Lastly, I definitely would say my two favorite hotspots for dancing and music would have to be Lucky Strike in the parlor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and really for any age range. So I for anyone out there, I'm looking for a, a location for my birthday party. So, yes, we are on a mission. Duchess is helping me, so it, we, we're on a mission. If you have any suggestions, let us know. All right. All right. This is going to be more for the single girls, as I am and representing we need that. We definitely, single girls yes, we definitely on the need east that. side. I mean, seriously, how hard is it for us, huh? Shout out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give my five places. Definitely Daniel's is my number one. I love Daniel's. You know, I live on the east side. I live downtown Bellevue, so I feel like I have a pretty good feel for all the places. Um, and Daniel's is definitely a great place that you can come and have amazing drinks, amazing cocktails, happy hour, uh, the piano bar, and also uh, a diverse, um, different kinds of people. So um, my second place is definitely Pearl. I feel like every time I go to Pearl, it's like I'm not even on the east side. I feel like I'm some swanky bar in New York, and I love that about Pearl. That is so funny, though. That's one of all of our favorite places. Yes, We're so far away from each other. I love it. <laughs> Yes, I love going over there. Um, my third place is definitely Lucky Strike. I yeah. love Lucky. And I'm not even like a great bowler or anything, but I just feel like they have a really good, you know, DJ there always. There's two different rooms. The VIP room is just amazing. And so Lucky Strike is definitely my favorite place to go dancing. Um, my fourth uh, place would be the parlor, and that's because it offers so many different things. You know? <laughs> okay, so we were having a discussion ahead of time about parlor, and yes. I, apparently I need to recheck this out again. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's just, there, it offers so many different things, but you kind of just have to choose what you want to do for the night. And my favorite thing to do at the parlor is to go see a comedy show. And um, I would actually recommend the salmon sliders and the twisted lemonade. Ooh, okay, I'm going to have to try that now. Amazing. They have a great happy hour, so check that out. Let's see, my fourth place, um, is that, is I'm, am I on fourth? or Yes, I'm on fourth. Go, go for six, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> my fourth place would definitely be Earl's because I feel like it's a good place to go. If you already have a group of friends and you guys just want to... Uh, a cool place to have drinks and food. Earl's is a really great place. They have a great space, but definitely come with your own group. Yeah. Um, and my fifth place is 
I call it the meat market. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, where is this? And I think that's Joey's. Oh, these poor guys. There's so many men there, and there's never enough women. So, ladies, please come down to Joey's. <laughs> Especially if you like sports, right? Yes, because you know they have the sports playing. They have the great, um, you know, and the same thing with uh, Tap House. You know, because they have this great abundance of beer there that there's always guys, but there's no girls. Abundance of men, abundance of beer. Yes, abundance of men and beer. And I I feel like I'm sharing my secrets right now. I love this. This is awesome. (laughs) Girls don't come, no. (laughs) So uh, lots of guys, lots of fun. The East Side has a lot to offer. Uh, Go out of your comfort zone. Go to these places. Check them out, you know. And um, also give us some feedback. Tell us where to go because if you had a good experience um, or maybe not so good experience, let us know about it. And we'll go check it out. We'll go check it out. We'll go over there. (laughs) We'll do some investigative reporting. (laughs) Well, with that in mind, um, I wanted to give some ideas outside of your typical go out and have a drink ideas. I know we were talking earlier in the show about breaking out and trying to socialize um, and learn that that art of chatting with people just about simple things and not necessarily having to have a purpose for the conversation. I think that's part of socializing that people have really lost. They they feel like if they're going to say something, it has to have a very definitive purpose in the conversation. There's an art of small talk as well as um, there used to be the ability to talk politics in an open forum, and now we can't even do that because we get so wrapped up in what we're doing. And I think, or what we believe in, and I think it's really important that if you can start developing those those skills on the small talk, we can get to a place as a society where we can start talking about serious things and not it not have it be such a big issue to where we can't enjoy the, the differences of each other and, you know, hey, maybe we'll solve some world problems. Yeah, I, I have to respond to that because it reminds me of my relationship with my brother who I, I love, adore, and respect. He's three years younger. He's in Germany right now. He's an officer in the military. Wow. And he's a Republican. And I am, like, question that choice. <laughs> but he's my brother, and I love him. And what I know is this, is that I respect my brother and his choices because I know him. Right. Because I'm intimately connected with him. And that's why I can accept choices that maybe would conflict with mine. Yeah. And and we can get past everything else because we have a relationship. I would agree so with that. With what you're saying, the whole concept of being socially savvy, I mean, it, it it's not limited. It, it extends even into your family arena. You know, oh, most definitely. I, I can be that way with my brother because I love and respect him first as a person. And then I can accept his differing opinions and he can accept mine too. And so I think, you know, when, when you're expanding your network, you can't limit it to people that only think what you think and I agree. only share your opinion or else you will be very limited, you know, but, but being able to put yourself in a place where you can open yourself up and accept people yeah. wherever they are and wherever you are, too, is critical when you're trying to cultivate relationships. Well, and I think that's one of the dynamics that we so much forget is that, you know, our nation was founded on the principle of being able to be individual and have different thought processes. And, you know, I can relate, too, because I happen to be on the flip side. And I'm not I don't know that you would call me a Republican, but I do hedge more towards a, a certain thought process. And I have family that's the other side. And, you know, we get very, you know, intense with our debates. But you know, to me, when you're you're going to find that in most families, and you're going to find that more importantly with most friends and people you socialize with, and understanding that it's that dynamic difference. It's that this is how I see, it, this is how you see it. 
Now let's find a way to make it work. That's what the foundation of this country is made on. And the, the basics of social socializing really truly come from that as well. We have to realize that, that we're a melting pot here, and there's so many different types of people, and we socialize differently. We come from different cultures that socialize differently. People always accuse me of being uh, rude or upfront, but I'm like, I'm Russian. This is how we talk. You know, as Americans, we love to hide around the bush. We don't want to really oh. tell you the real truth. People are very afraid. We'll hint on the fact that your breath stinks, but we won't tell it to your face. <laughs> and I just feel like, you know, we have to realize that there's so many different types of people. Everybody comes from a different culture. This is America. And, you know, we forget being part of the Northwest. We're so small here that, yeah. you know, there's so many different types of people. And we have to learn that we have to interact with these people. And we can't use the same type of cookie-cutter way of interacting with, you know, with this person or that person. It's having to be open-minded and having to say, this person is not from the same culture as I am, so let me just listen to them, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, probably one of the best forms of entertainment, whether you believe it or not, is being able to interact and hear somebody else's, you know, their story or their perception on things. It gives you an eye-opener, and it, for a moment in time, it gives you a look into somebody else's way of thinking. And that can open up so many opportunities, you know, I think that's one of the things that I think makes socializing so much fun is is getting to know people at a, a different level, being able to share with them and and be, be get a small part of who they are, so that you can take that with you and then continue sharing that. And I like what Irina said prior to the show when we were talking about um, being able to socialize is not it's something that's acquired. You're not born with it. Oh, most definitely. And I encountered someone recently that kept kind of asserting their really aggressive way of saying. What? That's just who I am. I, I say what's on my mind, and I'm I don't hold my tongue. And and they were very proud of that fact. However, the entire time, although I wasn't offended by what she was saying, all I could think about was how many people are you alienating by your comments? And right. is that your goal? Is yeah. that your goal? Is it so much or so important to you to assert your own opinion that you alienate others, and therefore you're not socializing anymore? You're kind of dictating. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that makes them unsocial. That's why they struggle with it. Is there comes a point? I, I there's people in my family. I love them to death. Um, and even to some degree, I've learned I have to have a filter because I do have opinions. I am driven. I'm you know there's all these different things in my mind, and I have to put a filter on them. Um, but there's a saying out there, and I love it. It is, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And sometimes if you can just learn to be still for a minute and listen to the other person, you find out whether or not you were right, you're happier by not necessarily stating that because then you can, you'll see something in them. And then you, if you're listening, you'll find some small truth in what they're saying and something to relate to them about. Would you rather be happy? Exactly. And, and I think this show is definitely going to help a lot of people because, you know, social networking and being social is so new. It really people is. don't realize that we have been cooped up and alienated from everybody in just our social network of who we know and who's in our phone books. It's not your phone book anymore. It's all about the networking and socializing. And so I think this show is really going to help people uh, get out of their comfort zone, go to different events, because you're going to hear about events that you've never heard about before. Yeah. Because, um, you know, not everybody is part of each other's Facebook or part of each other's mailing list or, 
Uh, so you're going to be able to hear about events that you might want to check out, and you might meet one of us. And, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm glad you mentioned Facebook, because that was one of the things I wanted to end the show on tonight about. Um, I think Facebook is a great way to really practice and start working on how to socialize properly. I think a lot of people think that just because they can type something that everybody should have to hear it. And I think before, if you have a tendency to be less than a social person, I would really highly recommend typing it up on a Word document and then taking it over to a friend and going, if I posted this on Facebook, what would your response be? If you're not sure, because once you put it out there, it is one of those things that now you have committed and somebody has read it. And one of the things we're really going to be talking about is with the social media, that is being social. And if you're good at it or if you're bad at it, everybody's going to know immediately. And where you can delete, that's fine. But if it's out there for two minutes or five minutes or ten minutes, it's been out there. I have to agree with you on that. And I'll let you know that uh, personally, I probably have, I don't know, somewhere in the range of 1,100 Facebook Facebook, yeah, then, right. Yep. I think but, but when we I all post, have. <laughs> and when I post, I recognize that whatever I'm saying is not going out to my intimate group of friends. I'm very respectful and aware that it's going out to 1,200 people if they should still see it at that time, right? Yeah. And so there are times when I want to be very authentic in who I am. Like two weeks ago, I posted a rant about my kids not cleaning my house. A dumbass. Yeah. I felt like that's really what I'm experiencing right now. It's probably something a lot of my friends could relate to. And so it's not too revealing that it makes people uncomfortable. And yet it's not so funny that they feel like I'm trying to live this great life, you know, that I yeah. don't experience this kind of BS, right? So, so I think there's this balance that you have to find, particularly when you're using Facebook as a networking device, that you allow a little bit of yourself to come through authentically. And yet, you know, you're true to yourself, and but you're not offending the people that are your Facebook friends. And so that's crucial to me in terms of networking and socializing and being socially savvy. Now, at the same time, I have unfriended people who I feel have been repeatedly negative and just have nothing positive to offer. Because if it's in my newsfeed at any time of the day that I open it and it's negative all the time, I just yeah. don't want to that. You know, what's your experience? My experience is, well, as somebody who has 5,000 Facebook friends, my messages are out of control. My, my event invites are out of control. And I have to tell you that this is the difference between networking and being social. I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring up the difference. my event invites are out of control. I don't even look at them. And I feel like the people that are always... You know, this cookie cutter, this conveyor belt way of inviting people to your events is not working anymore. It's totally 2009, guys. So this is not the way to go. It You have to have social relationships. And the people that have relationships with me uh, would either call me up or have me on their mailing list or message me and say, hey, I have this event. Are you going to come? And I say, yes. And then I'm going to bring 30 other people with me. Sending me an invite uh, that says the place is going to be packed is the best way for me not to come to your event. <laughs> well, and, and that's, info. that's one of the things, too. And I think, you know, I think that Facebook is going to offer people a very unique way to learn how to socialize and also to learn the difference between networking and socializing. There's a time and a way to network. One of my biggest pet peeves is when, you know, again, we all have professional pages and they're a part of our brand. I absolutely have the hardest time being a polite human being when somebody posts their agenda on my page without first talking to me. 
Oh, yeah, that's called being tagged, uninvited. Yeah. I don't care if you're a rapper or, you know, your place is going to be so packed. Don't post it on my page. Well, and, and, you know, the big thing is, is you know, because I do a lot of events, I'm, I invite people to tell me about them. Message me because but to tell you about them, not post it on, on my site right. as though you endorse it automatically. Exactly. And, you know, so that's at a business level. Now, if you take that back down to a very basic personal level, you know, somebody who has the Facebook just because they want to keep in touch and, and reconnect with their high school friends, reconnect with their, um, uh, stay connected with their kids, parents, friends, and all that kind of thing. The last thing you want is for somebody to, um, well, for instance, you would absolutely throw a fit if somebody walked into your house and sat down at your dinner table. Uninvited. It's my son's birthday. Yes. Everybody here yet? Yeah. Anybody uh, who brought presents for my son's birthday? You would never do that in real life. So when when you're looking at Facebook, you really want to look at that as almost like this this you know virtual education, this virtual place where you can really think through what you're doing because even though you don't see the ramifications because they're not right in your face, they're still there. They're very real and it is very very much in a front. I think you're right, and I think there's a learning curve, and there's some education that that people need, just a little, huh? And I think it's great that we're talking about this right now because you know we've come and we've checked these places out, and we've told you what we liked about them and what we didn't, you know, what are some negative and positive things about places, and it'd be great if you guys could suggest some places that we can check out. Almost um, definitely. Yes, and then we definitely will, and we'll tell you some of the great places that we like, and maybe even report live. Yes, and the goal of the show is to be able to report live twice a month from hot spots, happy hours. Um, we're going to focus mostly in the Bellevue, Seattle areas, but if you know someplace awesome up up north, down south, um, we're yes, we're definitely going to be open for a lot of different things, and we hope to bring you guys a lot of experiences, a lot of ideas. Um, a lot of fun things going on. Um, we're going to have different tip segments. Um, everything covering everything from political to charity to um, the artistic world. There's a lot of fun artsy stuff going on. We didn't get really a chance to talk about that today. But next week we will be. Um, and, and definitely check the Facebook page because I know like locally we do have one art event that I'm going to plug real super quick because I think if you're just looking to start socializing, it's a great way to do it. Go to an art gallery opening. Um, most of them do it once or twice a month. And it's a great way to open your eyes to kind of what is being done out there creatively. And the people are very interactive. It's very fun. A lot of time the artists are on location, so it gives you a chance to really, you know, see what's going on. Um, and they have wine. And Gunnar Nordstrom does his the first Wednesday of every month here. Um, we are out of time, but we are so glad that you joined us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please definitely give us feedback. Let us know what you would like to hear more of. I'm sure that when we go to listen to the tape, we're going to hear all of our mistakes, but don't hesitate to say anything. I'm sure we'll get a giggle. Thanks so much for checking into Socially Savvy, and we'll catch you next week. Say bye. Please definitely give us feedback. Let us know what you would like to hear more of. To the tape, we're going to hear all of our mistakes, but don't hesitate to say anything. I'm sure we'll get a giggle. Thanks so much for checking into Socially Savvy, and we'll catch you next week. Say bye. Bye.
Thanks so much for checking in to Socially Savvy, and we'll catch you next week. Don't hesitate to 